Are you looking to buy or sell real estate? You've got questions, we've got answers. Welcome to the show, it's going to be great. Featuring Matt and Jen from Home Team for You. And now, without further ado, it's Matt and Jen. Thanks, Jacob. All right, yay. Thank you for joining us today. We are going to be covering some interesting topics, but first we want to introduce our in-studio guests today. So we have a couple of our team members that are joining us. So first I would like to introduce Mm -hmm. Catherine Evans, who is excited to be joining us. She's begging to be on the podcast. Oh, she's always wanting to be on the podcast. She's like, are you going to videotape this? Because I totally want to do it. Why did it take so long? I know. know. (laughs) Why did you make it this long about being on the podcast? (laughs) You don't have that good a high spot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. So... uh, We'll talk more with her, and then also Ben Ride is joining us. So how's it going, Ben? It's going terrific, now that I'm here with you guys. All right. Oh. We oh. love it. Oh. I, don't have a, I don't have an awe sound effect. Oh. That's not it. No, no that totally <laughs> sounded like, um, yeah, we don't want the whole stabbing. Oh, that wouldn't be great. All right. Well, we were going to start off today kind of talking about how we ended up on the real estate path. So, um, Ben, do you want to maybe jump in and start on how you kind of started into real estate or yes. the winding road of getting here? Yeah, it's the been a bit of road. the winding road. Yeah, certainly. Uh, well, uh, for the majority of my adult life, I did have the opportunity of working in the transportation industry, and I batted out over 30 years. Um, What'd you do? In that industry. And... Um, actually 36. Wow. So in the course of those 36 years, I, the company that I work for moved my wife and I and our family around a bit. So a lot bit. A lot. A bit. <laughs> so actually we lived in various locations in the Midwest and we actually had an opportunity to go up to Calgary, Alberta, wow. in Canada for four years. Wow. And, wow. Uh, that had the, to been super interesting. Oh yeah. I know it was. Yeah. At the time, I think, you know, we we have four children, and um, that was quite an experience for them because they were like 8 to 12, 8 to 12 years old. A? A. A Yeah, they picked up a couple couple extra words. (laughs) A. (laughs) (laughs) uh, We really enjoyed it up there. Just, you know, the Calgary is just on the eastern edge of the Canadian Rocky Mountains, and we, we thoroughly enjoyed it. Probably the hardest part about moving to Canada was getting used to the uh, strong beer and hot chicken wings. But once we got over that. <laughs> the hot chicken wings, huh? Yeah. Nice. Really? Chicken wings are a biggie up there. Wow. You know, once we got over that. Has there been chickens up there? Know, learning a few new words like toque for toque? a hat and toque. runners oh, for tennis shoes. and ah. You're like, toque. what are you talking about, yo? <laughs> so anyway, with the, uh, you know, Bopping around the Midwest and up in Canada, my wife and I had an opportunity of buying and selling 10 different houses. Wow. And then I uh, had an opportunity to retire a little early. And then when we moved back to the States, um, we relocated to the Madison area to be closer to family. And then um, I thought, you know, once I had been retired for a bit, I realized um, I was too too young. I was getting bored. I needed to interact with people. Too much golf. Yeah, too much golf. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, just, you know, thinking of things to do, you know, I thought real estate would be kind of a natural because we really always enjoyed the process when we were going through it. 
and based on our experiences, we know what we liked and what we didn't like, and um, you know thought we could use those experiences to help other people be successful in real estate. So hmm. when I did get into it about four years ago in the Madison area, we were new to the area. I uh, I was a solo agent, um, and I worked out of the West office. But if you're new to the area and you don't have a you know big sphere of influence or a lot of family and friends in the area, it's kind of hard to get launched in the business. Mm-hmm. But um, thank goodness for Roger Stodder, <laughs> uh, Jennifer's father. During my first six months, uh, I was able to do a lot of um, open houses for Roger. So that did get me in, in flow with uh, customers as a solo agent. But then uh, after how, six months of doing that, no sales, I thought it might be time to do something different. Mm. That's when I joined Home Team for You, and that's when the gates of paradise were opened. So <laughs> it's been a great experience for the last four years working for you guys, and you know certainly, have, you know, you, you know, working on the team got me into the flow with customers and a lot of good experience, and it's just been fantastic, and I've loved it. How did you get uh, join Stark originally? What made you decide just out of curiosity? You know, I actually did interview a number of different real estate uh, companies in the Madison area, and I think I interviewed with four different ones. And um, what I actually liked about Stark was just, you know, the the training that they did offer, and and they do as well help launch new new agents. And and they're pretty thorough on, on, you know, the training they give to help new agents get started. So that's really what kind of led me to lean towards Stark. Yeah. Cool. So an interesting path uh, to get into real estate. Yeah, I like it. You like to do day trading and all of that kind of stuff too. Yep, yep. I do a little day trading, still into that. Um, I've uh, been out of it for about a le- the last month um, and that my office has been kind of... Shoveled um, You know, yeah. <laughs> because of the new purchase in Sun Prairie, and we're, you know, moving from the west side to the east side, we're now in the house and just kind of getting all the stuff set up and... I think they're actually um, finishing off internet today, so I'll oh, officially nice. have Winnings. internet at the house. <laughs> all the little things, right? Yeah, right. all the things we take for granted, but mm-hmm. it's all coming together, and, and uh, it's looking good. All right, very good. So what about you, Catherine? What was your windy road to get here? <laughs> Not as windy as that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you cover more, as much distance, though. It, Almost. <laughs> Is that an age reference? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's a distance reference. It's mileage. <laughs> um, it's something I had always wanted to do. However, with kids, I knew, um, and very active kids in school, I kind of knew it was an empty nest career for myself. Um, my father was a small developer. Uh, my brother, a contractor, so... And my, my stepmother, a real estate agent for over 20 years. So um, it's always been the talk at the dinner table. Uh, I always love going through the spec homes and, and talking about different aspects of construction and what have you. So um, once the kids left the nest, it was time to get involved. And, and Where was the uh, location for your developer, your, your dad and your brother? Uh, Clinton, Iowa. <laughs> Small Clinton, town. Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from what I can remember, you had kind of an interesting upbringing with lots of exotic animals. <laughs> and she still has birds. 
Well, like tigers and stuff, though, right? Right. Lions? Uh, my mom was a lover of exotic cats. Um, Alexis was really? her first. Those look like uh, leopards almost, right? Uh, um, well, uh, Alexis was a cougar. Hello. <gasps> um, <laughs> we're not playing around here, like how, man. How big, is, so, how big is a cougar? Um, about <laughs> Actually, not bad. Like 170, 180 pounds. Um, oh, no. <laughs> she was... those at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, my mom used 5'11", to... 5'11", 185. Yeah. My mom used to take her into the bars. Oh, wow. <laughs> For real? See, that's, that's, where the, that's where the whole it's term like, came don't, from. Don't mess right. with me. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a cougar with a cougar. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yep. Uh, and, and then she had um, a few other cougars along the way, and then we did get a tiger. <laughs> Um, but the tiger. Wait got, a minute. She had a tiger. She yeah. did. Yeah. Like yeah. how big of a tiger? Is how do you bigger, just buy a, a tiger? Um, Haven't you seen so Joe Exotic? I guess <laughs> I have, but it doesn't seem I quite right. It doesn't seem quite right. Um, surprisingly, it was not difficult at the time. Yeah. Mm. And this would have been in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Sasha, so where, do they, where do they live? Did they live in the house or do they live in <laughs> lock your doors well, at night? Alexis <laughs> was in the house. Oh, gosh, until she was a couple years old. Mom would keep her in a cage in her room. Mm. Um, And then when we'd let uh, Alexis out in the morning, she'd go jump in bed with mom and cuddle with her. (laughs) There's no way. Number one, how do you coax a tiger into the cage? (laughs) 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 Stuffed animals. Part of the home security system. (laughs) Beware of tigers. But it's like if Alexis gets mad, it's like she has claws. Uh, She was very loyal, very loving. Uh, You'd be surprised. Very loving, very loyal. The tiger got a little bit scarier because when... <laughs> There's something you don't hear every day. <laughs> the tiger got a little scarier. I, when the tiger would stand and reach up, I mean, she was well over seven feet. Oh, my goodness. It came to the point where if... Um, I mean, if there was an incident, there was no way mom could have handled that tiger. Mm. Uh, where Alexis... Possibly, but um, I've seen Ben's eyes light up. <laughs> Ben's <laughs> like, say. oh boy, <laughs> his eyes got real big there for a second. Um, <laughs> so we, we did end up giving the tiger to a zoo in Ohio, and nice. um, yeah, yeah. So, but Alexis stayed with mom until she passed. So, just she was really a wonderful companion. So the birds, so the birds, I'm not going to give you crap about anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you were in birds and you had cat. For a minute, and yeah. So I got mom's birds, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so does the birds say anything? I always hear the birds chirp um, in the background. Peak, peak, and it it does say Sparky. Sparky, because um, yeah. that's his name, right? Sparky, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows his own name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a few words. <laughs> that's good. I, well, I've heard of birds that know lots of colorful words, and then you come in during a showing, and you're like. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, and if you had known my mom, you'd be surprised. I was quite surprised it doesn't say anything colorful. <laughs> okay, okay. Here you go. Bad tiger. Bad tiger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, tiger, tiger, tiger. Here, tiger, tiger. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Some birds say funny stuff like that. They do. Which yeah. is funny until they get eaten. <laughs> it's like, and you're done. Uh, <laughs> You're like, oh, I didn't realize I was saying that. <laughs> 
right, Matt, do you want to talk a little bit how you got into real estate? I have no idea why I'm here or how I got here. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So once again, the aforementioned Raj's daughter yeah. talked me into doing open houses. Back then, I don't think I'd have my license then, did I? Uh, actually, you did have to have your license. I think what happened is that uh, Raj used to do tons of open houses, and at the time... Sellers could hold their own open mm, houses. Mm. You could just have like the secretary hold an open house. Anybody could hold an open house. And then they made a rule that said you have to be a licensed person to hold the open house. And it's been pretty close to when I started then. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. I got my license. So he was like, hey, would you consider getting your license? And Matt was like. Sure. Nothing else to do. <laughs> Yep, so that he could start doing open houses. Then how many open houses did you do? Way too many. We used to do um, open houses that lasted four hours from noon to four. Mm-hmm. So, or two different open houses for two hours. Yeah, it was the way that it was. That was your whole weekend was doing open houses. And you talk to the people that came in and get to know them. And yeah. What, what would happen if you just did like a half hour open house? See, what we actually ended up finding is that we do a four-hour open house. You get a ton at the beginning and a ton at the end, nothing in between. Right, Mm -hmm. yeah. So we have tried before doing, you know, an hour, like having multiple open houses throughout the city or in an area and just be like, okay, we're doing six hour Mm. long open houses. And, you know, if you go to all of them, maybe you'll get a gift card or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that has worked before. But then sometimes... When you try and change things up on the public, they'll say, I'm here. It's two o'clock. Where are you? And you're like, well, it was from 1230 to 130. And they're like, can you come back? So I've you have back for a couple open houses before. Mm-hmm. Like so if you buy it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's no problem, but it is true that the public kind of just gets used to something and then retraining. That's just from Dane County's state journal, wasn't it? Yeah, but. So even before you were in real estate, talk a little bit about what you did before. I remember. Uh, I worked for uh, Briggs and Stratton for five years. And what did you do before that? Uh, I worked for a company called Karma, and we did the cappuccino dispensing equipment for McDonald's, Quick Trips, Amico's. What did you do? Uh, what did I do? Mm-hmm. I think my title was product designer. So, an engineering position. So you made cappuccino machines. I yes, I made them. And yet made, you never drink coffee. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I don't drink coffee, and they had cappuccino, which I don't drink. They did have uh, hot chocolate though. That yes, he got one of the machines, and we had it in our basement. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that was a long time ago. <laughs> and Jen, how did you get in real estate? How did I get into real estate? I well, was born in Rogers, daughter. Yeah, yeah. I I had the Roger Stoddard connection, but I mean, if I wasn't with Matt and Matt got coaxed into doing open houses. It was Roger's way of getting here in real estate. Yeah, I I think it was because (laughs) I had always said, oh, heck, no, I'm not doing that. No way, no how. And then Matt was doing it. But when Matt was doing it, I was a college student. And so he was also working at Briggs and Stratton. So I was doing like all of his behind the scenes kind of stuff. I would be setting up his showings and organizing stuff and keeping him all put together. Something's never changed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he'd show up and be the face. And then, 
was kind of like, well, you should probably just get your license too. And as I was graduating from college, I was looking at all of the opportunities. And You've been a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. Like I was looking at, you know, what you could make for uh, a salary as well as, you know, what I was interested in and the things that kind of fit were either I jumped into real estate or I did pharmaceutical sales. Mm -hmm. And I don't like planes too much. (laughs) Be a lot of driving. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm doing it. So what was your major, Jen, when you graduated? I I got a degree in marketing. Oh, okay. And I ended up with a degree in marketing. I'm also, I really like management. So I was debating if I want a management degree or a marketing degree. And I went to Roger Stodder and I said, well, what do you think? And what do you think he'd say? Yeah, he said, marketing's more fun. Do that. <laughs> Management's hard. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I can second that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, he's, he's always had pretty good advice, but then got into it. And Matt was still working at Briggs and Stratton for how long? Several years. Because he had insurance. And, I mean, I was 22 and Matt was 24. Older. Yeah. <laughs> older. <laughs> so he was a little older, but we were like, okay, well, you have insurance. We couldn't be on our parents' insurance anymore. And we had to be adults and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But when I first got into real estate, I, um, I wrote all of Roger's advertising. So that's how I got good at doing it because he's like, you have a marketing degree, so write it. But back then, you got a grid of paper so that you knew how many characters, and then you would hand write with a pencil <laughs> because all you'd of the ads. Characters. <laughs> yeah. So you would have to like sort of kind of come up with a concept, and then you would write it into the you know boxes. little box grid. So that's why I've learned to, and Matt hates it, but I use an ampersand sign for and, and I use W and a backslash for with, and I, it's RM, it's not room, because I was always trying to get my characters shorter. (laughs) Yeah. It's like texting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was. Can we put emojis on the MLS? I wish. That would be great. But I mean, (laughs) I could... People would want all of this information about their property, and I could fit it in there, but you had to be able to decipher this lingo because it would be like LL, Rec RM, you rec know. Room. Lower level Rec Room. Yeah, FP. Fireplace. Like, like all these things, and you'd if, if they'd be like, what's an FP? And once you know, you're like, oh, yeah, of course that's then a fireplace. Two FP. I think LL screwed people up because it was like lower mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And then SS stainless L-L-F-P-S-S steel. LLFP SS range. <laughs> yeah. So we did a lot of that. But then uh, back then there wasn't mm-hmm. Zillow or places where you could do online marketing because there was barely internet email, which I liked email. So I, I was trying to email, but we used to mail people listings. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or fax. Wasn't that when you had the MLS book that came out weekly was, or that something? That was first. Yeah, and they then had it. Paragon existed at some point. There, there. was something called Maestro, Maestro. and the, or it was either maybe Boris and Boris then and Maestro. Maestro and then Paragon. So there was kind of a progression. 
I mean, doing a CMA when I first started, you just sort of like put the address in and it would just like, you'd be like, there it is. And you didn't, you didn't have anything to do with it. It just sort of told you. And was it accurate? Uh, I don't know know how accurate it was, but yeah. So that's kind of how I got into it. And then Raj, we did a lot of print advertising. So then he would, I, he didn't want to work buyers at that time because he worked sellers. So he put my name on the advertising. So Remember then the MLS I, books we used to have printed. Mm-hmm. You go into like a grocery store to be a rack of MLS books. It wasn't MLS. It was like the real estate, real estate book, book yeah. and city and country homes. And it would say the little address of the property and the information that I wrote in my little grid. And then I'd have my phone well, number there. It was smaller than your grid, wasn't it? Like it was a different character number no each different publication had special grids right so some of them had so, I, so you I almost had to rewrite them things. to fit the books yeah you every time raj insisted because when he was writing ads in the 60s they would put an ad in the paper every day and to keep it fresh they would put in new copy every day so he was insistent that i would always be writing new copy so that all of these ads looked fresh so i wrote a lot of ads but then I started to get clients because they would call me off of these ads. And I learned, I mean, his now thing. We, now we know why you're so good at it, Jen. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, read all of them. It's all yours. Yeah, he was, he was all about it. But he told me, he's like, you should work with first-time buyers because um, they know less than you do. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. Lot, sold a lot of houses that were 79 nine. So when did you guys kind of shift gears and decide to do the team thing? How long have you been do, um, managing your team? Mm-hmm. So early 2000s. Early yeah. 2000s? It was probably 2010-ish, maybe, maybe. Home team was born. Well, home team, we actually called... Because it was the Rogers Daughter team for a long time, but then we branded it into also being home team for you. And we had the home team for you since about 98 okay. because we we just kind of figured that we wanted to have a brand. So four came from where, Jen? Uh, four people, Roger, Marilyn, Jen, and Matt. So that's where the four came from. So now it's Oh, okay. Now we're home team 30, 30, yeah, 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 yeah. So it has definitely grown. But when I think of when we flipped into doing a team at that time, uh, I was doing roller derby. (laughs) Matt laughs, but I I wanted to like be doing exercise. So I was like, I can roller skate. So I want to do this. So I invested a whole bunch of time and energy became a baby doll and like <laughs> didn't get drafted into the big leagues or anything, but I, I did all kinds of roller derby. And then I realized that I had all of this extra business that I wasn't able to handle because I was just too busy. And I was like, okay, I have to focus on real estate. And the only way I'm going to make this work is if we have a team, cause we just had more than we could handle. So and then I stopped doing the roller derby. It was like, okay, either become a roller derby champion <laughs> or grow a real estate team. That's so. a hard decision. Yeah. I know. Matt, no, Matt was, was like, it make it stop, make it stop. But 
I did like it. The only thing is I don't like to hurt people. So it was an easy decision. Which is really stupid. too bad anyway. When I went into roller derby, (laughs) I thought, you (laughs) you know, it was fun. It was skating and it was skill. And I didn't think that you kind of wipe people out. Maybe a little research ahead of time would be good. Isn't that the best part? No, I, I mean... Decking each other? So I liked to be the one with the star that would just kind of jet in and out, and it was, like, strategic, and then other people could do all the, like, hitting part. <laughs> uh, you, sound like, you sound like Harry Potter and Quidditch, and you're the, you, you, you're, you're the snitch catcher. No, she was the snitch. She was the snitch. <laughs> yeah. And then the bludgers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So at any rate, that's kind of how that that all happened. Wow. So, mm-hmm. We should have a roller derby podcast. We should all go skating. That's what I want to do. But <laughs> I'm I'm gonna Not wear with you. You're gonna uh-huh. rock no. But us. see, the thing is, you 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 lose it if you don't skate. So it would, that's my excuse. I would have <laughs> yeah. to. I mean, oh, it was an eighth grade then. <laughs> I'd be fine, but I wouldn't be able to. You know, probably go backwards for a while. And I mean, you have to kind of relearn it. Do they actually have any roller skating rinks in the area anymore? The one that I practiced at was over uh, on the is west side. Though? It was like fast forward. But there is one in, in Watertown that's really oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Really, really nice. They have a really nice floor. Well, they did anyway. Well, it's they did back then. Because for a while we were taking our kids roller skating. No, they rollerbladed. We'd roller well, they, they rollerbladed, but I liked... I was like, Mom wants to go skating. I mean, let's take the kids skating. Yeah, so, exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah. I used to rollerblade in California. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. See? <laughs> Tubular. We, yes. could, we should have so a team cool. rollerblading party. <laughs> I have rollerblades. Yeah, if I do I'm sure skate, right I'm going to wear full pads because... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, for the record, Fast Forward is still in business. Nice. All right. There well, you looks like we'll have to have a, a team trip. <laughs> I am washing my hair that day. You're washing your hair that day? The entire day. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be fun. If we go there, I want to listen to John Mayer. <laughs> Do you, rem- you guys remember that Office episode? Mm-mm. The guys like sneak out and then they just go to a roller skate thing and then they just go around playing the disco lights by themselves, like <laughs> rocking John Mayer. <laughs> anyway, right. well, deep, that's deep reference. That's what we'll have to do. <laughs> Give it a try at least. Uh-huh. Yeah. I Jacob was kind of thinking it. white snake, but okay. Yeah. What? Because I had big hair when I was like doing roller skating in eighth grade when I really learned to skate. I mean, imagine MC Hammer pants, huge bangs, and those bangs, when I'm going fast, they did not move. <laughs> They were perfect. They just stayed right there. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah, do not insert photo. Thank you. Please do. Thank you. Okay, I'll send you one. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, um, Ben, you have been busy, and I know that you have a new listing that is coming up here this weekend uh, over at, uh, what is it, w 14 Zero six five Crestview in um, Prairie du Sac, right? Yeah, um, we're really excited about that one. It's a fantastic house. Um, three bedroom, two and a half bath, mm-hmm. two story house, um, just meticulously maintained. It was a custom built house, um, and just uh, I think the, the the sellers have owned it uh, for. 
I believe, 12 years, but um, in a really nice uh, little community just a couple of miles uh, outside of uh, Prairie de Sac. It's the Selwood subdivision. And most of the lots are three quarters to an acre large. Mm-hmm. And this, this place has a nice level lot, un, unfinished basement mm. with all kinds of potential. I think it's stubbed for a bathroom and designed for two additional bedrooms, three-car garage, and um, there's been no detail that was overlooked by these sellers, and and they're um, they were so excited about putting their house on the market. You know, they had a pre-inspection. Even, oh wow! And wanted to make sure that you know there were you know no nothing there were there were no issues whatsoever, and that places as clean as a whistle it's it's just a lovely lovely place we do have the open house coming up this sunday and it's from one to three and i believe that particular property is going to be offered at 449 449 000 mm-hmm. and um, i would guess it uh, it will not be on the market very long it's a big lot too oh yeah nice level lot backs up to a kind of a um Prairie wildflower oh, restoration awesome. area, uh, just just gorgeous. So. Yeah, it's kind of got that Cape Cod look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dormers. Yep. Yeah, which is really popular. Yep. So as you enter, the stairway goes up, and then there's two bedrooms uh, up uh, with a nice loft area, and um, three car garage. They recently kind of developed a like a bonus room area above the garage. Oh wow! Um, it's not finished off, but. A lot of nice space there also for people to put their own little stamp on it. Man cave. Yeah, so excited so about that. on Sunday from 1 to 3. Sunday 1 to 3. Bring your buyers and come on and check it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely check it out. And I agree that one's going to go fast. And then one week after that, uh, we do have another uh, list, another opportunity in McFarland. That is at uh, 5217 rustling oaks lane in mcfarland and that one as well a very nice house three bedroom two and a half bath um very good condition nice location um, and i believe that one's going to be offered at 425 doesn't that one have a like a little harry potter room yeah, it has a little it's Harry Potter. Potter. Harry Potter. I know, I just remember uh, yeah. that about that house. Uh, I forget what they call it, but it's a cute little room. cute little area where they have a couple of smaller children, and it's kind of like their little playhouse area. Nice. But, uh, really mm-hmm. cool. Very nice. Yeah, and McFarland is definitely uh, a popular area. So. It's a big house, 3,600 mm. square feet. Whoa. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a big three house. Three bedrooms, three and a half baths, built in 1993. And very well maintained, nicely decorated, uh, good flow to the rooms, kind of open concept, tall tall ceilings, I think 13-foot ceilings in the living room. Yeah, it's got a nice big birch wow. in the front. Made level master. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're very excited about that one, and I think that we're going to have houses september 11th and 12th so we're going to have it on saturday and sunday on that one all right well you hear heard it here first folks so hop on out and check them out for sure well we'll keep keeping busy ben yep that's that's just the way we like it so very excited and um and uh yeah this uh those two will go pretty quick i'm sure Mm -hmm. very good 
All right. We also wanted to uh, chat a little bit. We've chatted before on the podcast about uh, Zillow home loans and um, our lender, Casey, that we use with the team. But we actually have kind of a firsthand experience with using Zillow home loans anyway, because Ben used it when he purchased his own house. Yes. Um, as I mentioned, uh, recently closed on a property in Sun Prairie. Uh, so I only have a 10-minute drive to come into work <laughs> instead of a 35, 40-minute drive from Woo-hoo, the west side. That's awesome. That's you have to move to. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so when we got into the you know home buying mode, we you know shopped around to different lenders, and um, being familiar with Zillow, we thought we'd kind of give them a try, and they you know offered very competitive rates and had uh, you know a nice reward program if you participated, and you know the pre-approval process was very smooth. Um, we had some dedicated Zillow representatives that we worked with uh, as we went through the process. Uh, my wife and I found them to be you know, very proactive. Uh, they were easy to contact and uh, easy to do business with. And you know what was nice is that they, they delivered. They said what they were going to do, and they did what they said. And That yeah. matters a lot yeah. when it comes to a lender, doesn't it? Oh, we all exactly. know that. And how nice to be able to stay on time for the various commitments that, you know, that we're exposed to as we go through the process. And we got to closing, and, you know, everything, everything fell into place. Closing went, uh, was on time, and it was very smooth. So, you know, again, we got competitive rates with them, and that nice, um, you know, I think it was a $1,500 credit for doing business with them Mm -hmm. and uh, definitely would highly recommend them and will do so going forward as I work with other buyers uh, in the business. So the $1,500, does that pay for your closing costs or that buy-down rate or how did you use it? Yeah, we did buy down the rate a little bit and then we did use that closing cost credit um, as well. So that was helpful. So thumbs up for Zillow. We gave them a five-star rating. (laughs) All right. We like it a lot. Very good. All right, so what else we got going on over there, Jacob? Well, you know, I just wanted to get these two agents their kind of uh, take on the market. Like, what what are you guys sensing? What are your clients experiencing right now? I think each week when we have new guests on the podcast, it's good just to kind of get a refresher and new perspectives. So, I was just curious what you guys um, you guys are are seeing and hearing out there. Um, I, I feel that there's a little bit of leveling out, a little bit of a pendulum swing back towards the buyer. Mm. Um, I, it, it's still competitive, absolutely still competitive, but not as competitive. Because um, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I look back at some of the offers that we didn't get, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Thank goodness they didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, I've had a few buyers jump back in, you know, after we've had these conversations and got AOs right away, and they couldn't believe it mm. because they were in that craziness. So um, I'm, it's a win-win, <laughs> definitely. So are, are you finding that you had, like, some buyers that had fatigue and just were like, I'm out, I la- I'm done, yeah. and then they, and they're coming back? Yes, absolutely. They could only, they could only compete so much. You know, sure. they had caps. 
for a while there that you were competing against people who had no caps whatsoever. Mm. So, um, uh, so it was it was doable for them, you know. I, as well, I think would echo uh, Catherine's same comments as far as the market. Uh, it, it seems to have slowed down a bit. And, um, you know, inventory levels seem to be picking up a bit, which is kind of a nice thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I know the, the feeding frenzy that we had this summer, thank goodness that's kind of behind us a bit. Uh, if you were a buyer, I know I was working with a lot of, first-time buyers this last summer and it was a pretty tough slugging for them as it was just so super competitive but as Catherine mentioned the pace has slowed down and and now you're not seeing you know 10 12 offers on a property and it's getting back more to the what was you know more of a a market complementary for the buyers so yeah it's uh the pendulum is swinging and and it's um it's soft. It's softened up a bit, and it's kind of good to see a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I was always an agent who, not super aggressive. It's like I, I want you to stay within your comfort zone, so you don't have any regrets down the road. But how do we get you competitive yet being within your comfort yeah. zone? So it's kind and of a that fine was, balancing act. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So by by my understanding of the market, we're still in a seller's market. By every metric there is, like we are still Mm -hmm. in a strong seller's market. But what I find interesting, based off of your, both of your takes on the market, you're, you're, we've gotten accustomed to such a strong seller's, extreme seller's market that now that it's a strong seller's market, we're like, (laughs) oh, relief. (laughs) Right. But it's still a seller's market. So if you're looking to sell your home, you can expect, you know, a lot more appreciation with your home and you're the one with the leverage um but, at the end of the day but just slightly a little bit less leverage than maybe a few months ago when it was right madness yeah. i think that's part of the adjustment too is just getting sellers used to the reality of what's going on right now where they may have offers and sell in you know 24 hours versus maybe a month or less yeah it's like in a normal market being on the market for a month two months three months four months that's fairly normal mm-hmm. You know, whereas sellers got used to, okay, it's now been 10 minutes. Why don't I have an offer? (laughs) Why don't I have 20 offers? And it's like, okay, you have to let us do our job. When you said that just just then when you were like, you know, it's normal to be on the market for one, two, three, four months. It was like nails on a chalkboard. I was like, what? (laughs) No, that can't be right. That's not possible. What kind of world? (laughs) It, 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 it was very normal. I mean, when we got into the market, it was very much a, a strong buyer's, buyer's market. market yeah. And it was, you know, we we were having to really do real estate all really hard where you would be doing all of those open houses and doing tons of marketing and advertising and pumping up those properties. You couldn't just be like, sign in the yard. Bah! Right. You know, so I'm excited because I love using all of those skills and... It's fun. Awesome. So what it, it another question I, I like to ask a lot of agents when they come on, what are some pieces of advice that you would give right now in this market for a buyer? And what's a piece of advice or expectation you might set for a seller? Well, for a buyer, I, I 
always said be patient. The right property is going to come along at the right time. So um, I, I try and advise them not to fall in love with the property because <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you don't know your competition. You, you don't know um, if there is going to be competition. And um, so have patience. And, and if it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be. And when it's ready, and, and it's going to happen. I think that's some pretty good advice there, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> you just say ditto, Ben. <laughs> ditto. ditto. Samesies. Yeah. Samesies. <laughs> Again, uh, on the buyer side, just to kind of reinforce with them that it, it is a seller's market and that you're going to have to put in probably more than one offer um, before you get an accepted offer. So, again, just being patient. And then... You know, uh, important for buyers, too, that they can try to stay within their budget. And, you know, when it's such an aggressive seller's market, that's been difficult for a lot of buyers that might not have a lot of extra money uh, to compete with others. So, again, from the market slowing down a little bit, that's a good sign. And then kind of on the seller side, I think, you know, there's a lot of sellers right now that are familiar with the craziness that we've experienced this last summer and heard a lot of, uh, oh, yeah, as soon as your house is marketed, like you mentioned, Jen, 10 minutes later, you're going to have an offer. Just letting them know that, you know, it has cooled down a bit. So it could be that maybe your house is going to be two or three weeks on the market instead of two or three days. Mm -hmm. And, again, just kind of, you know, letting them know that there is an ebb and flow uh, to the whole process and, um it's still a terrific market, whether you're selling or buying. And uh, again, just to be patient and, and stick with the process. Right. The nice thing about this market now is it's a little bit softer, so the buyers have more opportunities to make offers. Mm-hmm. So they're not having you know three yep. you know thirty different offers besides theirs that they're competing on. There's the hope. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I mean, being real, there oh, is absolutely. hope. <laughs> yeah. So that's the podcast title. Yeah, there's, there's hope. hope. There's hope. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great hope. I feel that uh, with us dressed in black and Ben with his red Wisconsin Badger shirt. On. I know. I'm thinking ahead, Saturday. Right. Wrapping <laughs> the brand. Saturday, Penn State. Yay! Uh, back to football. Uh, Hard to believe that season's upon us again, yeah. huh? Well, that's actually a great segue. Speaking of seasons, I was going to ask Matt and Jen a question. Mm. Now with the seasonality, as we are approaching the fall, summer's ending, what typically happens when end of summer entering fall? Is there like a trend in the market? Are we talking typically or the last couple of years? Uh, (laughs) I can talk about typical and you can talk about the last couple of years. So typically... Um, right now you would have kids going back to school. And so people are kind of in that world in that mode. So kids go back to school and then there's a blip where it gets busy again because people are like, okay, we got this. Mm. We still need to finish this. And then you hit Thanksgiving and uh, the Christmas holiday type season. And then it would, you know, be that would be the slowest time of the year. But it has been. So Jen's talking about what typically looks like a bell curve. So you have mm-hmm. your December, and it kind of starts ramping up. End of December, January, February, March, April, May, kind of goes back this. And when we hit school, it kind of starts tapering back down. Mm. Uh, the last couple of years, we haven't seen the back down part. Mm. So we'd still see the high in the spring and summer, but then it kind of flattened out fall and winter. Matt likes charts. Yo. Yo. 
Mm-hmm. Graphs and numbers. That's right. Mm-hmm. Numbers. Mr. Spreadsheet. Graphs. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you think it's going to do this year, Matt? Uh, we might see a little bit of taper off, but not a typical taper off, I don't think. Yeah, it feels like it's going to keep going. Yeah. We won't see. I don't know if we'll see the numbers that we saw the last two years with uh, the amount of sales, but I think we'll still see a higher than average. Because I think a lot of those people that got frustrated are going to figure out. it out and they're yeah. going to be like, all right, watch me now. I'm going to yeah. win now. Right. <laughs> so, and I hope that's what they do because now is a great time because they can, they can definitely take care of advantage of the market. So to bring up uh, a little bit of news right now, the latest thing that's happened since the last podcast is that the Supreme Court overruled the Biden's eviction moratorium. So the eviction moratorium that COVID had, you know, people didn't have to pay their mortgage or rent or whatever, that got extended until October. Supreme Court came in and said, no, that's not happening. So I'm curious, is this even actual, is this just clickbait or is this really going to impact the market? And if so, like what might happen? On a national level, maybe. I'm not sure locally if it, we've had a, a lot of that. Yeah, I think that it will potentially bring even more inventory to the market because there will be likely some like investment type sellers who have potentially had tenants for a long time that haven't paid rent they can mm. finally get them out and then they would sell the properties because they're just washing their hands of it mm. so from our perspective as realtors we will want to be you know looking for that and helping people in those kinds of situations did you think it you think it would it'll make an impact on the overall market or just kind of like a, just kind of a, I don't think it's going to be a huge, like back in 2006, seven, eight, when it was just kind of like the apocalypse of foreclosures, I don't foresee that at all because we did have the switch where appraisers are keeping the, um, the process normalized where there aren't, I mean, you couldn't just get a wildly high appraisal and then not have any actual equity there. So people should have equity for the most part. So a lot of people that may be facing eviction may have that equity piece where they could sell if they had to. So I think there's going to be a lot fewer people than there were back when we had that big drop. Okay. You heard it from And Jen. I have spoken. <laughs> it has been spoken. You're fine. Well, I mean, there, there will likely be some, you yeah. know what I mean? But I don't think it's going to overtake like it did at all. And more inventory in this market is okay. That just moves us more towards normal. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Word. I'm just, I'm just here to ask questions. <laughs> Good question. Yeah, we definitely I like it. I feel like we should have a Catherine and Ben game. Ooh. What kind of what kind of game are you thinking Ooh, of? Ooh, should we have them do what we did um, to uh, our last guess? Oh. Where they got they to... They went to the hospital. Wait, no, what are <laughs> no. you talking about? Wrong, <laughs> wrong guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where they got to just answer uh, realistic oh, kind of questions. Oh, my. <laughs> that was oh. awesome. Yes, that should be a regular. Oh, yes. no. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bring back oh, Princess I Jen. Catherine, I didn't mention that. We did that. I didn't mention no. that. Did we? Oh, sorry. Princess <laughs> Jen. 
Princess Jen. Oh, we, no. we, we did Princess Jen, but why don't we um, do a variation of Princess Jen? So just for an example, <laughs> let's say you have a buyer and that buyer... Who's this question for? Uh, it's for both of them. They can both answer. So that buyer wants to... Um, really likes a house, but has a problem with uh, something on the inspection. So let's say that there is a um, potential water problem in the basement that they can't figure out. How do you go about dealing with that so that a client would get a satisfactory, you know, they feel like they're getting what they are comfortable with than what a seller would be comfortable with? What would be your steps? Well, what I'll usually do, you know, if there are issues like that, before we get into the, you know, formal paperwork process, um, you know, I would just reach out to the seller's agent and and let them know what my buyer's concerns are and, and you know, put it on the table that, hey, you know, we want to buy, you want to sell, we want to work through this issue, what can we do to make it work? Mm -hmm. yeah. Just kind of take it from there. And, you know, usually I, I, I find if you can talk to somebody about an issue, that you usually work your way through it one way or another. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think you have to focus on the end goal and how do we get to the end goal with both parties being happy. Kind of maybe work your way back a little bit. How do you come to the solution with like getting bids and things like that? Um, how do you come to the solution? Yeah, so would you to have, um, you, I can see you have your conversations with the listing agent, which really makes sense because it's like, okay, here's our issue. Have the sellers ever had, you know, a quote done for this? Do they have contractors or, at, or do they already know about this or anything? And it's like, okay, because... Once you have an issue, you need to figure out, like, how you solve the issue. So it's like, let's get somebody in, an expert that can tell us, okay, do we need to put in a sump pump? Do we need to just seal some cracks? Like, because it's the thing with inspections and those kind of issues, you never know. It could be, like, we just had one where it was like, oh, my gosh, there's this huge issue, and they thought it was going to be thousands and thousands of dollars. It was $100. Mm -hmm. Because the one little problem, which they thought ran all through the house, was only like a foot long instead of like wire throughout a whole house. So like being able to take the issue and turn it into what it really is. Like, okay, right. let's, let's see what this is. And then you can kind of dive in and yeah. get it fixed. That was a question for Ben. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, bring the experts in so yeah. you can have the facts and be able to deal with them you know, intelligently between the buyers and sellers. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then once you figured it out, what would you do? And then we uh, write it up uh, in an amendment and get, as both sides agree, both sides will usually sign. And then it's just a matter of uh, getting it done. And the seller, you know, do what they said they would do. Mm -hmm. Negotiate so that both parties are happy. Yep. yep. And sometimes stuff gets fixed and other times you negotiate money. just becomes kind of a gut sense right but it all comes back to the communication with the listing agent to figure out because some sellers are like i'll fix it and other sellers are like i'm not touching nothing right, right? 
and it comes down to making both parties happy. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Happy to, and comfortable. Yep. It's like we want everybody comfy. It's, you don't want anyone to feel like they're a loser. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt, what's your question? Hmm. So what was your question? Negotiating? <laughs> what should we call you? We got Princess Jen and King Corn. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you do that, the one about the um, dimensions again? Oh. Yes. Okay. So... You have a buyer that wants to book carpet in the new house on the MLS sheet has a 10 by 10 room. What is the one thing that you have to advise them on the MLS sheet that they should be aware of if they're looking to buy carpet for the size of the room? That room dimensions uh, should be verified by the buyer. What else? Dimensions are. Dimensions are usually smaller on the yep, MLS. They're rounded down mm-hmm. oh. the nearest foot. Yep, so they'll always be wrong. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you buy carpet, you are guaranteed almost 100%. Maybe 99.9% is going to be wrong. So if they want mostly carpeted, you're good to go. Yeah, that's why there's finished. a warning now because people <laughs> would do that and then they'd get a bad surprise when it was like, oh, it's about six, six inches, inches short. short. <laughs> it could be more. I mean, if you have a 10-foot, 8-inch or 9-inch or 10-inch, it's need always rounded down. Bigger baseboards. Yeah, yeah. It's like let's get some quarter right. round and right. another quarter right. round and another quarter round. It really creative. We've got that rainbow way. round. <laughs> I would imagine that has happened though. People have ordered oh. stuff based on well, this is what yeah. it said. A hundred percent. That's why they, there's a warning there. It's kind of like oh round boy, it. why do they round it down? Just they don't want to give people yeah. a false sense because if you mm. round up, it's it's not so, that big, so it's a lie. It's a pleasant surprise mm-hmm. if you're not trying to carpet. <laughs> yep, it's like, oh, well, even for I have 10 if you inches. Think, <laughs> you know, even if you're figuring furniture based on an MLS sheet, that could screw it up too. Yeah. How much would fit actually fit in a room? Yeah, trying to figure out what stuff's going to fit can be. I mean, you don't think about the stuff that your buyers are thinking about because they're trying to figure out all of their stuff, how it's going to fit. Mm-hmm. It's a weird space. Maybe they're trying to draw it out and they're missing 10 12 inches, it's like, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. Devil's in the detail, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That could be the title of the podcast, Jacob. Devil's in the details. (laughs) But there's hope. But there's there's hope. hope. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I think we pretty much covered everything. Really appreciate you guys being on here. So we'll just go ahead and wrap it up. And Definitely a pleasure being here. Thank you for the invite. Catherine, thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Catherine. Happy Thank you, to be ben. here. Love you on next week, too. Hey, guys. Regular. If you're looking to buy or sell real estate in South Central Wisconsin, you know who to call. That's home team, the number four, the letter U. All right. Until next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.